Welcome to Midrange Podcast, episode number 11. We are a quarter into the season. Roughly every team has played 20 to 21 games. And the Eastern Conference looks like such. Bucks are sitting at 19 and 3, followed by Boston at 15 and 5. Raptors are also at 15 and 5, but the loss to the Celtics puts them in third. And you have the 76ers and the Heat at 15 and 6. Pacers follow that at 14 and 7. The Brooklyn Nets 11 and 10. The Orlando Magic 10 and 11. Followed by the 9 and 14 Hornets in ninth spot. Now, the Bucks have won 13 straight after losing to the Utah Jazz on November 8th. They beat OKC, the Bulls twice, the Pacers 102-83, also the Hawks twice, the Trailblazers, the Pistons twice, just recently, controversy with them in regards to Blake, by mistake, elbowed Griffin, elbowed Giannis, and then elbowed the ref. I don't know if he disagreed with the call, but he said it was an accident twice. And then, on top of that, need Giannis in the back when he was falling and proceeded to step over him. And that ensued with Middleton interjecting in that. They also beat the Jazz, Cavs, Hornets, and Knicks. Uh, they play the Clippers on the 6th, which they beat 129-124 earlier on during the season on November 6th. That was without PG in that Clippers team, so it should be interesting going forward. Uh, the Bucks have really done what they needed to do. They've won games that were in front of them. They're 19-3. They're controlling their destiny so far in the Eastern Conference by playing their style of play, opening up the floor for Giannis, and allowing uh, the jump shooters to create more space. And he's been very, very aggressive and very assertive on that Bucks team. Boston's been 15-5. and five. They rank second. So after losing their season opener to 76ers, 93-107, then they won 10 straight games. In that, the Raptors, they beat 112-106. Knicks twice. They also beat the Bucks, who are in first place. The Cavs, the Hornets, the Spurs, the Mavericks, the Wizards, the Warriors, who uh, will have a lot of losing to uh, get used to, as they were once the perennial favorites and all aspects of life in the NBA now have to realize that they have to maintain uh, the lottery and hoping that they get a pick. A man who has a broken wrist by the name of Steph Curry is out for the season. But all experts know it doesn't take a whole year to heal a wrist. So they're not playing for this year, they're playing for next year. But I digress. In the last nine games, they're five and four. They have a loss to the Kings, 
They lost to the Clippers as well in OT. Talked about that controversial refing seems to be the talking point for most of these coaches and players with this whole challenge aspect that seems to be implemented to do nothing going forward. Uh, they beat the Kings. They lost to Brooklyn after they beat Brooklyn. In Boston, Kyrie Irving's shoulder sideline for the last couple of weeks, or should say almost a month now. And they did, and then they beat the Knicks and the Heat as and the Heat as well too. Uh, they played Denver at home tomorrow. They were sidelined right now, um, but the the Celtics are really taking care of what they need to take care of, and they're doing it by committee, team committee, getting it done collectively together, and uh, within the realm of their offense as well too. Without Kyrie there, they're tending to move the ball more. Kyrie's a great point guard, but he's not a point guard that the Celtics need in their system. Stevens is, is probably happy that he has guys that are looking for each other. You have three dudes on that team, Green, Tatum, Hayward when he's healthy, and even Kemba as well too. That's four that can easily give you 20 consistently day in and day out and impact the game. So they got a lot of weapons. You got to pick your poison. Kind of similar to what the 15 and five Raptors have. You know, ring night, we all remember that. OT win against the New Orleans Pelicans. And they've really sustained their home court advantage throughout, which is going to be key in the East because I feel as if every team plays each other, knows each other, and that home court aspect, the crowd behind, say, staying local, not have to worry about going out and traveling when you're on the road during the playoffs is going to be crucial. And the Raptors only lost to the Miami Heat during that stretch. That was their first loss at home. And they've sustained a very good steady by committee team after losing Lowry on their West Coast swing and then losing Mbaka as well too. Uh, they've lost to Boston. They've lost to the Bucks, the Clippers, the Mavericks, and the Heat. As I explained, the Heat was the first time that they lost at home. But they beat the Magic three times. Pistons, New Orleans twice. Lakers during that West Coast swing when everybody on that team was from the starters to the eighth, ninth, tenth guy coming off that bench, really sustained that flow and had them have no answers for the Lakers at that time during that course of the game. They couldn't, they had no answers. The Raptors always had an answer whenever the Lakers pushed it close and their players, Davis, Hollis Jefferson, Powell as well too, Van Vleek was really just getting whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. And that's been consistent throughout with Lowry not playing as well, too. They beat the Trailblazers, the Hornets. Uh, the key win, key win, 76ers. When uh, Joel Embiid came and gave a Homer Simpson with that big donut, zero points. Uh, couldn't even hit a free throw. I believe it was 0, 0 for 11. Had 13 boards, but really unproductive. And it was a close game 
that was a five-point victory on a dunk at the end by Van Vliet. I mean, sorry, by Pascal Siakam. That really made that a five-point game. Embiid scores, plays as he did the following game. They're probably more productive. They probably would have won that game, but they lost because Gasol did what he needed to do against Embiid. They play the Rockets tonight. Raptors coming off that OT loss against Miami and the Rockets blowing that 20-point lead against San Antonio Spurs and losing in double overtime. A lot of things happened during that game with regards to the dunk that was missed, but obviously the ball went in the net, came back out because Dunk Harden slammed that and really got what he needed. No ref saw it. Like I said, wasn't reviewable according to ref and all the things that transpired. They still lost 133-135 in double OT. Harden was 11 for 38. 50 points. Majority of those points came from the, the floor. Him and Westbrook combined were 18 for 68. A lot of people are blaming the fact that the ref missed this. They would have won by two. Well, they're up by 20 points. That's the bottom line. And that loss doesn't equate to that missed call. But at the same time, that is not the be-all and end-all of that loss for them. They just don't play defense. The system needs to be adjusted. And with their record sitting the way it is at 13-7, and seven, I don't know, maybe it's the coach needs to um, be looked at and their system needs to change because it's not going to be able to be sustainable going forward. But they play the Raptors tonight at home, and it's... They can rebound after that loss to San Antonio and hand the Raptors their second loss at home in back-to-back -back occasions. Then it might be a, a different talking point going forward, but it uh, should be an interesting game tonight against the Raptors. I think overall the Raptors have a better systematic system in place to counter the Harden and Westbrook show and are able to get that second unit involved and their depth and their team aspect is gonna be uh, the point of attack going forward. Strength in numbers was, I don't know if it was the Golden State Warriors motto, and then they deferred from that when they picked up KD, but you have to have a second unit of basketball, you have to have a bench, you have to have somebody that can give your starters a break, and I don't think the Rockets have that yet, and their offense does not allow them to have that. So that should be interesting. I see the Raptors winning that game. Sitting tied for fourth, 76ers. We're more like the Jekyll and Hyde of the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're 15-5. and five. They beat Boston opening night and then won five straight. That was followed by three losses. The Spurs, Jazz, and Nuggets were those three. Then they beat the Hornets and Cavs. Then they lost two in a row to the Magic and OKC in, o, in OT for the OKC game. 
Then they won four straight, beating the Cavs again, Knicks, Spurs, and Heat. Then they lost to the Raptors, crying game part two, as I talked about, and beat, giving the Homer Simpson with the donut with no points, not able to even hit the charity stripe. Uh, they've since won four straight again, beating the Knicks, Pacers, and Jazz. And the Heat, just after... Sorry, not the Heat. They played the Knicks twice. The Heat ended up losing to Boston due to the fact of that back-to-back. Uh, tonight they play the Washington Wizards, who have the best offensive pace. But that's also followed by one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They're exciting to watch with Bradley Beal having the green light and being able to just showcase his talents now that uh, John Wall is still rehabbing that Achilles. So I I see the 76ers, they should pull off the victory in that move to 16-5, and five, but that Jekyll and Hyde aspect, you never know. Ben Simpson, Ben Simpson. Simmons had that whole thing about shooting threes and hitting jump shots, and then all of a sudden now he hasn't attempted. Well, he did hit one, but he's not looking for his offensive shot at all. He's more facilitating as he normally does. And I think they miss J.J. Redick a lot because there's no real person that can run off ball screens and knock down threes and uh, kind of create that separation from that uh, perimeter to the interior, the front court and the back court. So uh, I don't I had them coming out of the East trying to be my as my favorite with how their team was structured. But on paper, they look great. But playing together, they still need some uh, shooting. Maybe they make some uh, trades or pick up somebody in free agency or whatnot going forward. Or, you know, they find something. They find the lightning in the bottle, but they are the Jekyll and Hyde. The surprise team, though, Miami Heat, which are 15-6, and six, and they're also tied. But since they lost to the 76ers, Sorry, 15 and 6 Miami Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler averaging 20 points, 7 assists, and 6 rebounds. Uh, they are the surprise, surprise team in the East with him and a cast of unknowns compared to the four other teams that were in front of them. Players undrafted like Kendrick Nunn. Point guard slash shooting guard averaging 15 points, two to three rebounds, and three assists in the steal a game. He's in a slump right now, but he's been very surprising and allowing for a scoring option other than Jimmy Butler. Bam has been averaging a double-double with 14 points, 10 rebounds. Give you a block a game along with... Uh, for assist, Tyler Hero, the rookie they drafted, uh, is averaging 13 to 14 points a game, three to four rebounds, two assists, and one steal. And now they got Winslow back. So they should be able to uh, maintain or keep pace within that. Uh, they beat some, they played great. They beat the Grizzlies on opening night, followed by an OT win against the division leading Bucks. 
131-126. Lost to the T-Wolves. Followed that, Butler, Butler missed a couple of games due to the birth of his daughter. They won three straight, two against Atlanta and beat Houston 129-100. They lost to the Lakers. Butler was playing in that game. Denver, <clears throat> Philly again. Houston. And after beating the Raptors at home in OT, as I mentioned, during the Raptors little showcase there. Uh, they were unable to beat Boston in the second half of their back-to-back. Uh, they beat the Suns, Pistons, Cavs twice, New Orleans, Bulls, Hornets, Golden State, the Nets. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to see if they can sustain that because behind them sits uh, Philadelphia. Sorry, not Philadelphia. Indiana Pacers, which should be a, a key factor going forward because I don't see them staying in that spot. And you got Brooklyn and the Magic. So I could see the the Heat staying within that same lower half of that uh, division and maybe making a little bit of noise and a little bit of push. But Butler might have to, you know, work out of his mind and kind of prove to the people the reason why he left Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is missing him because they don't have a guy that can kind of take over a game like he did when they were make, mounting that comeback against the Raptors and allowing themselves to actually be within that game. The Raptors did push that to OT, but in OT, Raptors were out of gas and Miami pushed through and gave them that first loss. So that's the Eastern Conference preview. Uh, tonight, like I said, the Raptors versus Houston, which should be an interesting matchup. And Philadelphia is versus the Washington Wizards, which should be a Philadelphia win, but the Jekyll and Hyde in them. You never know what can transpire. Uh, that is the East Coast. The eight. First half of that uh, quarter of the season. I shouldn't say the first half. And the Raptors are not surprising to me. To some they might be, but they have a great team, great organization. And ever since they were able to obtain a 905 G League development team because prior to that they were kind of sharing the load with the Spurs and there was a couple other teams where their players weren't able to develop uh, they were sitting on the bench and weren't getting that playing time but ever since they were able to get their own affiliated uh, G League team and it was a D League at that time the Raptors have made strides going forward and you can see their foundation they're building and you know they got Masai who's a visionary been that way throughout his career. He fleeced the Knicks in that mellow trade in Denver and kind of swapped. The Knicks have never been the same since. So uh, I don't see the Raptors going anywhere. The Bucks in Boston, I don't see them moving as well too. That that three spot range will be very interesting. And the Sixers, the Jekyll and Hyde, as I stated, I don't know what to expect from them. They can either slump down or push up. You never know. It's all about the system and who they play and if they can maintain that same energy. So uh, we're going to hit the West Coast next. <clears throat>